Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talk and Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. We are back after our random month plus long hiatus. So a lot has happened in the time we've been going. We've, we're not going to talk about all of it. We'll talk about what's happened recently. Uh, my name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Let's do it. So last night, Canisius loses again on the road again. Yeah. They are now, Sienna was the latest team to beat the Griffs. They are now 0 12 on the road. The final score was 73 to 65. The Griffs are now in, I want to say, 10th place in the MAC officially. Uh, they're 7 and 15 overall. They dropped to 3 and 8 in the league. Um, but like I tweeted last night, number two, avert your eyes at 0 and 12 on the road this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to, um, I'm not going to lie to you, Aiden. I don't think you're going to find much success if you can't win a game no. on the road. I no. really, I really just don't. I just don't see an avenue. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I would have to agree with you. I mean, <laughs> you're right. There's, and this is a team too. That's, it's such a divide between home and road because they're seven and three at home, including yeah. the the game against Buffalo in um, in uh, December at that was at KeyBank Center. So technically a neutral site game, but a, officially a Canisius home game. Um, but now they've lost three in a row. They've lost six of their past eight. Um, and those only two wins were a one point win against Ryder on December or on January 21st and a three point win against St. Peter's two days later. Uh, I, I, but I mean, just, if, I feel like every time they've gotten some momentum this season, they immediately go on a losing mm-hmm. streak. I know. I mean, I'm just looking at their schedule. I mean, they started off the season, lost four in a row, one, two, lost five in a row, one, three, lost three in a row, one, two, and have now lost three in a row again. So yeah, without a doubt, a streaky team, um, yes. to put it lightly. Um, got a couple, I mean, the big one coming up for Canisius is obviously uh, on the fourth. What is that? Friday yes. night, I believe against That's Iona. This Friday. Yes. As Rick Patino and the Gales come to town. So I'm sure that'll be, uh, Hopefully an exciting atmosphere. I would have to think plenty I'm of sure people would want to make I'll it out. That game. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, <laughs> hopefully any a basketball casual would want to come see Rick Pitino coach, you would think, hopefully. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that should be, I mean, a test and a half for the Griffs, obviously. Right. You know, the 10 and 0 Gales, Iona has been dominant in conference play this right. season. Um, and then uh, they follow that up with a uh, game against Manhattan on Sunday. So mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting into that, you know, we're in February now. So March is right around the corner. You definitely Mm want to start stringing some wins together if you want to try and get, you know, I mean, you know, I I think it's tough to say that, you know, that those first round buy seeds, I I think you're kind of. I I think they're probably already out on that. Yeah. I was about to say, you're pretty much almost guaranteed, not guaranteed, but pretty damn close to being out on that. So. I mean, at this rate, you're just trying to find a favorable first-round matchup. So, right, you know, and the MAC, obviously, as we've talked about a million times and, in this podcast, yeah, it's random like that. But it's not. It's a scenario where we're not going to know who they're playing in the first round until the final buzzer on 
March fifth, which yeah, is the last correct. day of the regular season. Correct. And I mean, you look at the you look at the max standings. I mean, shocker that you know the middle of it, the top is a bit separated. You know, we got Iona's yes. obviously ten and zero, of course. Right, and, um, and we'll know, talk Saint, about Iona in, in a yeah. few minutes. I mean, St. Peter's seven and three, Siena six and three, uh, Monmouth falling off a little bit. They're down to five and four, and Quinnipiac six and five. But beyond them, Manhattan four and five, fearful. Fairfield four and five, Niagara four and seven, Ryder three and seven, Maris three and eight, the Griffs three and eight. I mean, those bottom, what is that? Six teams are, you know, I think that'll be a bit of a bloodbath just kind of trying to right. sort out that whole seating situation. But, um, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, I think that's always, you know, the, the run up to March is just as fun as March itself. So. Right. And I feel like it's going to be to your point that, um, the top teams have kind of separated themselves just because of how top heavy we are with Iona 10 and no St. Peter seven and three Sienna six and three. It might just be, if you're over 500, you're getting a buy. Like, and that's just kind of how it is with how the seating is going to end up shaking up. Um, and right now the Griffs would have to go. They have nine games left. They'd have to win seven or eight of them. Um, to be in the conversation for a buy because the best they can do now is 12 and eight. And that's, you know, you're kind of teetering there. And obviously I do, and they still have two left against Iona. They will win neither of those. (laughs) 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 I'm just being realistic. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have, you have Sienna one more time. You have Piac one more time. Uh, You have Fairfield one more time. Um, you have Niagara one more time. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I will say team, like, this is a team that might end up as like a five and 15. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will say ridding the two Iona games, their schedule is pretty much against bottom half teams minus right. Siena pretty much. And I guess Quinnipiac. They got one left against Quinnipiac. Um, but you That's know, on the road though. Yeah, yeah, true. So chalk it up. Um, but <laughs> but you know, I think that there are certainly some winnable games in there. I think like right. I was just saying, the bottom hack for the Mac is pretty much roughly on the same page or roughly on the, in the same conversation, right. I would have to think. So, you know, like I said, it's pretty much, you know, I mean, we saw last year, I mean, what was Kanisha? Six and Ryder was eleven and Ryder knocked him off in the first round yeah. of the tournament. So yes. I mean, who the hell knows when you get to Atlantic Yeah, I was gonna City, say but... when you go down to the bottom, it, it all comes down to those matchups. Yeah. No, as well and truly who's gonna, fa- I mean, who's gonna the get seating... the favorable draw. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, at that rate, the seedings mean nothing. You know what I mean? The right. Mac isn't a tournament where you know, the Mac isn't a league where teams really separate themselves. Like it's not like, you know in the SEC, you're a, you know, just, I don't know, like you're a six seed Florida playing a 14 seed Vanderbilt or something like that. Right. You know, it's not like that at all. The competition is not at all spread out. So, right. You know, it, it, like you said, it really is, it, it's very matchup dependent, but right. You know, be curious to see how that plays out for sure. Right. Um, yeah. I'll be generous. I'll give them, let's see. I'm going to go with five um, or six wins. They'll finish the, the conference. I think they won two or three more. Yeah, I think – let's here. see. Yeah, I'll give them six wins. I'll give yeah. them six wins, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, however, the top team uh, in this league has, in fact, separated itself. <laughs> Iona is 10-0, and 18-3 overall. 
overall. They've only lost one game since November. 10-0 and in league play, like I just said. They've won one, two, three, four, seven in a row. Um, and they play the Griffs this weekend. They're making that Western New York trip. I'm starting to get to a point with this team. They have a couple tough games left. They got to go on the road against Siena, which is always tough. And they play Monmouth one more time. Then they go on the road against St. Peter's. And that's three games right in a row. However, is 20-0 and 0 in the conversation? Are we ready to have Ooh. that conversation? I'm not, I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. Okay. Not yet. I think, like, to your point, there are still a lot of tough games left. I mean, right. Monmouth took them to overtime, what was that, a couple weeks ago? So, I mean, you play them again, albeit at home. But regardless, that's a tough matchup. Like you said, Siena on the road is never easy. One more against St. Peter's, who's kind of established himself, I think, is the second-best team in the conference recently. Um, I'm not ready to book them for 20-0 yet, but I think if you can get past that Siena-Monmouth-St. Peter's uh, triple header there in the middle of February, I think – And that's three games in five days. Yeah, right, exactly. That is very tough. So – I mean, if you make it past that St. Peter's game on the 15th and you're still undefeated, I, I, I think 20-0 okay. is without a doubt in the conversation. I mean, could they close with Fairfield, Canisius, Ryder, Manhattan, and Quinnipiac at home? So, um, or respectively, Quinnipiac at home. So, right. I could totally see them, <laughs> them running the table after that. But, yeah, that's, that is a tough stretch. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say 20-0 just yet, but, oof. I mean, I, I think it's definitely a scenario where they could – be at 18 and two or something like that. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like you said, I don't know if I'm quite ready to have that 20, you know, because of that stretch, but I think it could be a 18 and two and 19 and one or something like that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. I'm with you yeah. on that. I think, I think, I think, no, I think I definitely think like a 19 and two, 18 and, or excuse me, 19 and one, 18 and two. I could totally see that realistically right now, but, right. um, I don't know. 20 and 0, that's tough, but we we will see. We will soon yeah. find out. I think they had... the Mac has only happened twice, I want to say. Oh yeah. I was about to ask that. Do you know that's the top of your head? I, I, I believe it's twice. Hmm. Damn. So that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, just so much, you know, credit to what Rick Patino has done. Obviously, we talk about it every single time we're on here, but just what he's it's it's unbelievable really mm-hmm. you are spot on there my friend yeah. yeah um so there's that st peter's and sienna both doing well like you said uh st peter's has i think established themselves as the second best team in the league despite that loss to canisius um on january 23rd St. Peter's is doing very well, as is Sienna. Sienna had that win over the Griffs last night. They're 6-3. and Sienna's probably the surprise team um, this year because we were a little bit concerned about their depth just because they had a bunch of new guys coming in, guys who were not really established league stars. Uh, Colby Rogers is having a really good year for the Saints. Jackson Stormo. Uh, has really stepped up. Anthony Gaines had 24 points last night. That was a career high for him. Um, Aiden Carpenter has done well. 
unfortunately, and they're doing this all without Andrew Playtech, who is out for the rest of the season with an injury, hasn't played since December. Um, it's still, I, I believe it's still TBD if he'll be back uh, next year for his sixth year. Um, but this is a Sienna group that's won five of it, or actually going back to a non-conference game in December, uh, they've won seven of their past nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is, as you mentioned, I mean, this was a team that we didn't expect a ton from coming into right. the season. I mean, you know, a lot of turnover, a lot of question marks. Um, obviously, you lose your best player and and pick it going to Penn State. So, didn't really know. It was Manny Camper, too. Yeah, of course. Manny yeah, right. Camper of course, was Manny probably Camper. their best overall player. Right, yeah, I, of course. I was of, of the opinion that Pickett was kind of more of a scorer guy, uh, but Camper was probably the better overall player. Yeah. No, I agree. That That's a very good point. Yeah, I know you're yeah. right. But, you know, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect, but they have definitely kind of, especially recently, as you said, over, the, over these last eight, nine games, um, kind of proven that they are still Sienna. They are still a power in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of funny because I don't know if you – I mean, you probably see it more than I would, but mm-hmm. I feel like every time I see Sienna mentioned on Twitter, all the replies are, oh, this team's awful. This is this is terrible, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I didn't – I mean, compared to where we kind of figured you guys would be, I mean – Right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine you're, you're complaining that much, but um, – but yeah. Sienna, I think – not to call out Sienna fans, they have, they have, they're one of those fan bases. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. I do. Nothing short of a Mac title is good enough. <laughs> and then there's, and that's uh, just how it is. Yeah. And then there's a, uh, then there's Canisius. That's just like, Hey, if we get a first round buy. That's a, the season's a success. Call it a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such the, such a difference between, you know, some teams in this league and others, just <laughs> true, like in true. terms of, in, in terms of even just things like expectations and budgets and resources and things like that. Um, I feel like there's such a difference because you have a school like Siena who plays downtown in, in downtown Albany at MVP arena. It's now called, um, you know, they pull in 5,000 fans a game. You have Iona, who Rick Pitino is their head coach. You have um, St. Peter's, who just um, just renovated their arena. Now it looks beautiful um, from the old Anatelli Center. And then you have, you know, a school like, I'll even just say a school like Canisius, which doesn't pour a lot of resources <laughs> into its men's basketball program. Mm-hmm. You look at a Niagara, who doesn't really do the same. You look at a Ryder, who plays in a 1,500 seat gym um i think that's i and i think that it ends up the encore product is so different than how some of these schools use their resources yeah um, quinnipiac invests a ton into into uh athletics i know hockey is is the program there quinnipiac is a hockey school um as is canisius you can make that argument mm-hmm. um but they invest a lot into that basketball program too. I mean, I've been to that arena, not for a game, but I've just seen it. It's really nice. Yeah. As is the hockey arena. So, but then at the same time, like everyone is always so tight up in the conference every year. And I think that's honestly one of the 
things that makes this league probably one of the most unpredictable leagues in the country. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that, to be honest with you. I agree with that completely because, as you said, you know, you have your more established programs, you have your less established programs, but on court, you know, very rarely, you know, I mean, maybe not very rarely, but, you know, especially in like that bottom half to middle, middle section of the standings, almost every year, it's just a bloodbath right. and you, you, it's, it's impossible to predict. Like, right. Uh, if you, if you could seriously sit there and predict the max standings correctly, every single, like just at any point, I mean, I would buy a lottery More ticket because you, you're, you're pretty much, right. you, you honestly will have a better chance of right. winning the lottery than right. getting that right. But um yeah, it's it definitely makes for entertaining basketball. And I will say a little bit of a segue here potentially. Speaking of this conference and right established programs, Monmouth. Yes. Colonial. Colonial Athletic Association. <laughs> so and, and I'm gonna bring up a point here uh, about Monmouth. This is a little bit of old news, but yeah, Mon if you haven't heard, Monmouth is leaving the Mac in June. Uh, they're going to join the Colonial Athletic Association along with Stony Brook and Hampton, um, which, by the way, bad luck for the American East not allowing Stony Brook to uh, compete in the conference tournament this year. Yeah. Um, the CAA is doing the same with James Madison because James Madison is leading for, I believe, the Sun Belt. Hmm. Um, bad luck for bad luck for the American East. Yeah, I, I, know no, I agree with that. That's just. That's just really like, right. really, you know what I mean? Like, right. just let it, let them play. Honestly, right. like the players had nothing to do with that. You know what I no. mean? That was all. That was all on the administration. And I mm -hmm. wrote, I wrote a column that um, went in the Griffin last week, just about, you know, the 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 business of conference realignment. And if yeah, if you're going to go to to another conference to make more money, you should do it and monmouth is one of two schools in the mac um that sponsors football marist is the other one um uh, but they can be a full member of the colonial athletic association um because of that football mm -hmm. and you can make more money off of football um and just being a full member of that conference so yeah i mean it's in my mind just you know quick generally it's time to re-embrace conference realignment conferences should not be punishing schools for leaving conferences just generally mm -hmm. so um anyway going back to monmouth i see this as one a move for football and just being a full member of the caa and two i think it's how do i put this i think it's monmouth's way out and trying to get back into contention and trying to go to the NCAA tournament. And here is why I think when Tim Kloos left Iona, Monmouth saw it as their opportunity to become the top, the top dog in the Mac, which mm -hmm. would make sense because Monmouth kind of always had played second fiddle uh, since they joined the league back in 2013. And now, and then Iona brings in Rick Pitino and Rick Pitino is doing Rick Pitino things with Iona. He's got them at 10 and 0, 18 and 3. They made the they made the NCAA tournament last year. They're probably going to make it again this year. They even on the off chance that Iona doesn't win the conference tournament, they're I'd imagine they'll have an at-large 
Uh, yeah, I would think so. I mean, they like they're getting top twenty-five votes consistently. Oh yeah, they gotten them the past couple weeks now. Yeah, I um, would be. I, I think. I mean, I think you can certainly make the case. Right, I think you can too. Definitely, especially if it's like if they win at least eighteen games, we'll say in league play, and then get to at least the semifinals. Oh yeah, which to do mean, that, which to do that, just they only have to win one game in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you also have to consider like their losses. They lost to Kansas, more than excusable. Belmont, right. I mean, okay, Five. but and St. Louis by a point, which again, right. excusable in my opinion. Like right. you can't, you and definitely you can't Alabama. hold them to that, really. Right. And they beat Alabama, obviously. So you know, not that that not. I mean, that win is not looking as good as we'll it talk did about. Time, I, I, it's still a I good have win. Some thoughts on Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Mon- I think Monmouth kind of saw that as their opportunity to become that top team in the MAC and probably eventually win the MAC. And now that opportunity is not coming to fruition, so they want out. I don't blame them for that. Mm-hmm. I I can't blame them either, to be honest with you. So, I mean, yeah. like, and plus, like, I feel like you can look at, at it as a step up, in my opinion, for sure. Oh, I think you, you know can what too. I mean. And in in that regard, you can't really fault them that much. I am curious to see what the Mac does. Um, you know, I can't did did uh, I can't remember what they said in their statement. Did they say anything about adding more people? Um, no, but it's always been a goal of Rich Enser to bring the league up to right. twelve. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. And. Yeah. Apparently, Patino said there's rumors of Fairfield leaving the league, which oh, I, I did seen, see that. I have not seen anything else regarding that, but mm-hmm. so I don't know how much I believe that. But yeah, I guess rumors exist. Mm-hmm. I um, yeah, about to say. I mean, unless unless we some pretty higher up rumblings, because we sure as hell haven't heard anything. <laughs> right. That that's the only time I had seen it. I hadn't seen it anywhere else. Yeah. No, so. I I haven't either. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, so yeah, anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of your Vanderbilt shout, uh, they're, <laughs> they're playing with Kentucky. <laughs> what? Right now. Yeah. They're down eight with two minutes left. Huh. They're playing with them. Well, all right. That is anyway news to me. Um, so we'll move over to national. I have a couple things to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about, um, last night, Texas Tech in Texas. Texas Tech gets a home win over Texas and Chris Beard's homecoming, which was, he was not very, uh, <laughs> quote unquote, homecoming. <laughs> homecoming. Yeah. The, the welcome was not much of a welcome. It was more, um, <laughs> things we can't say on a public podcast, but <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. That, that, so, that about sums it up. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was a little vulgar, we'll say, but at what, like, Watching that game last night, it was probably the craziest atmosphere I had seen for a regular season game in a very long time. No, me too. Me too. I mean, it was just so loud all the time. And just – And, like, every time Texas Tech scored, it was like they just hit a game-winning three. Yeah. And, I mean, just, like, just just seeing the crowd, like, just, you know, on on the normal camera angle, everywhere you looked in the crowd, everybody was animated. You know what I mean? Like, there was nobody sitting down. It was just madness the whole time. So, yeah, that was well and truly one of the – like, to your point, one of the crazier regular season atmospheres I've ever seen. 
I mean, just the fact that they were camping out like three days before the game to get in, you know, I mean, <laughs> it was nuts. And I mean, I was seeing videos on Twitter of like Texas Tech fans like showing up at the Texas hotel, booing him and booing the team and like just a crazy, crazy. Everywhere he went. Yeah. Everywhere he went. That's crazy, man. Un- yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Texas, I don't know what to make of Texas. They're 16 and 6, right? But they they haven't played as well recently. I mean, in their last, before, their past eight games, they're 4 and 4. Uh, that included a loss to Kansas State and a loss to Oklahoma State. Um, I'm not sure what to do with that. They're still going to be in the tournament. Like, I'm not doubting that. But I think their seeding um, might be something of a conversation uh, as we move through February into March. Because I think it's kind of just out in the middle of nowhere. And we expected this Texas team to be a top five to ten um, team in the country. And now they're like fringe top 25. So not um, – they did not do as well. They are not doing as well as we thought they did or we thought they would do, um, but what are you going to do? Yeah, that is, that is, that is, that is the, uh, I think that about sums it up, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with me, with you. I mean, the, the whole Chris Beard thing, a lot of excitement, a lot of hype. And I really do not think the hype has been loved, lived up to like, no. by, by any stretch of the imagination. So and this is only year one for him. So, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Yes. I just think – I just thought they'd be hovering more around the top 15, you know, right. more consistently than they are right. potentially dropping out of the rankings next week. Right. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, like you said, there's still a tournament team, still plenty of season left um, to be, to make some statement wins and maybe turn things around a little bit more. But, you know, up to now, I think it's definitely a bit, a bit eh, you know. Right. Uh, another Big 12 result from last night uh kansas goes on the road and beats iowa state um iowa state started the year one two three four five six seven was it 12 and oh they started I think so right it was it was up to the baylor game wasn't it one two three yeah four five six seven eight nine ten eleven and oh sorry eleven and oh um since the eleven and oh start uh, they're four and six after the Baylor game. Uh, they are down to three and six in league play. Obviously, this is still a tournament team as well, just because of the sheer success of the Big 12 this year and the fact that the Big 12 will probably still have three, four, five, six. We'll have at least six tournament teams, maybe seven, um, out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, out of the nine that are eligible. Um, but this is an Iowa state team that is fading a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I, you're spot on with that. That was something I kind of taken note of recently is, you know, you, you look at the rankings and you're like, Iowa state was right here, like a week right. and a half ago, two weeks ago. They were, now, number eight in the, they were number eight in the country. I mean, yeah. they're, down, they're, they're still in the rankings They're 20th in the country right now. Um, they'll have an opportunity. They'll have an opportunity. That's a, that's a big game on Saturday. Texas and Iowa State. 
that's a big game for both of those teams. Hmm. It'll be an opportunity for them to kind of, for either of them to just kind of turn things around, you know? Um, Cause it'd be a big win for either team, honestly. Yeah, no, that's, that is a fact that that's a, that's a, uh, a, excuse me, a possibility for a statement right. win for both those teams for sure. And because, I mean, those are two, both of those teams are teams that are kind of on the, on the dip right now. So. Right. And then for Iowa state, you have, then you have West Virginia who's struggling this year. And then you have Kansas state who's struggling this year. So that's an opportunity for them to grab three wins in a row. Meanwhile, Texas, after that Iowa state game, you have Kansas and then Baylor and then Oklahoma. And then you play Texas tech again. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I know, definitely think Iowa State. We're looking at two and a half weeks yeah. from now. I mean, just but, looking at Iowa State after this Texas game at West Virginia, home against K State, at TCU, home against OU, home against West Virginia, at K State, home against Oklahoma State, and then you close the year at Baylor. I mean, other than the Baylor game, yeah. I mean, exactly. Other than the Baylor game, you could easily win every single one of those games easily. Yeah. I don't think they do. Yeah, no, but, I don't think they do either. The Big Twelve is crazy, but. Um, you know, I mean, on paper, I think they would be favored. If you only lose one or two of those games, hey, why not? Yeah. It's an opportunity for them to improve their NCAA tournament seating when that time comes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so that's enough of the Big 12. Um, can Auburn win the national title? I think they can. <sighs> Dude, oh my God. I really they put up a hundred last night against Alabama. Who wow. Alabama I'll give you my quick thoughts on yeah, on please Alabama. do. I remember you mentioned uh, that since I promised it earlier. They're a team, they play to their competition. That's my because remember earlier on the year we were like, Alabama's such a weird team, and blah 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 blah. They play to their by the recent conclusion I've come to about this team is they play to their competition yeah. they're either playing up to their competition or they're playing down to their competition yeah because this is a team that has a loss to iona it has a loss to memphis it has a loss to davidson a loss to missouri a loss to mississippi state a loss to georgia but then has a win over Gonzaga, a win over houston a win over tennessee a win over lsu a win over Baylor. they're all over the place yeah that they are all over the place they are definitely one of the weirdest teams in the country, yeah. like for sure. You know, I mean, you know what's so funny though? Like that's the type of team if they sneak into the tournament as like, you know, that six seven seed. Right. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be the upset pick. Round. Yeah, they're going to be the upset pick or, just because, as you said, you know, yeah, they're going to be the upset pick or they're going to be the Cinderella team. So right, or they're going to the elite. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> No in between. No in between. There is no round yeah. two or sweet sixteen. It is elite ace, elite eight, or first round upset or bust. Yes. Well and truly. So yeah, man, that's I know. I, I, I do agree with you though. I, I think that they're very much so a strange team. Um right. you know, and I think I think you're right. I think they do just play down or play up to their competition because there's really not much other um explanation for it. It's right. just it, it's become a theme at this point. This isn't this isn't like oh they got upset once or oh you know they won one big game and they lost their other big games. Like no, they won more big games and 
lost a ton of really weird games that they should have won. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's weird. But and they still but, have to play Kentucky twice. I bet they win one of those. Games. <laughs> yeah, Just, seriously. They probably will, for God's are. sake. Oh, my God. Well, Kentucky's okay. really good. Kentucky impresses me every single time I see them play. I know. I, yeah, I know. You, you, I've, I've seen you tweet about that. I mean, they, they've they definitely uh, – they've showed out recently, for sure. I mean, they played really, really good. I saw, them, I saw them play a little bit against Tennessee. I think that was – was that a week or so ago, maybe? They scored like a million points, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That – I was very impressed with that showing. It must yes. be said. I, I – was not expecting that, that at all. Too. Yeah, 107. They put 107 in regulation against yeah. Tennessee. So, yeah, I was very impressed. And, I mean, they whooped Kansas. So, yeah, I they are really, really coming into their own at the right time, for right. sure. And um, the roster construction is just so different than your typical Kentucky team. Like, they get Oscar Shibway, who's the transfer. Right. From West Virginia, who averages 15 rebounds a game, <laughs> and he's also their leading scorer. Yeah. Um, Ty Ty Washington, he's a freshman, but he's awesome. Kellen mm-hmm. Grady, they get a grad transfer um, from from Davidson. Here's um, here's a fun fact about Davidson um, that I recently learned. Davidson does not have a graduate program. <laughs> really? So they can't have fifth years just because of that. They don't have a grad program. What? That's cr- I did not know that. So, like in the history of Davidson basketball, they have never had a grad transfer ever because mm-hmm. they don't have a program. Imagine that. Like a school that doesn't have a grad program. What? Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. I, I like I said, I did not know that. I didn't know that until recently. I guess Davidson had, like, they would have taken him back, obviously, for that fifth year, but they weren't able to. They just physically, they physically could not were do not it. Able. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. That's nuts, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, back to, back to your original question. Point. Auburn. Right. Um, yes. Honestly, yes. And I think, yeah. I'm going to tell you one thing, one reason why. Jabari Smith. That boy can play the game of basketball, my friend. I didn't even really know who he was. Me, no, me neither. Me neither. Like I knew they had got him, and I knew he like after the first couple games, I'm like, oh, this guy's all right. I didn't expect him to become the best player in the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, he is, dude. It feels like almost every time I watch him, other than that Missouri game, I think he played really bad. But I mean, beyond that, I feel like every single game he's just he's so consistent, you know, right. it seems like every game he can get you, you know, 15, 20 points and oh, shoot, like 15, 20 points and, you know, just help your team win a game, help your team right. find a way to win a game. So he's probably, you know. the, I mean, he's a big reason of why they're number one in the country and why they definitely can win a national championship this year. It's just his emergence. Yeah. No, seriously. One of the probably, I, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as the best player in the league. I know I just said that, but probably the most important player in the league for any given team. Mm-hmm. Cases no, can I, be no, made for other players, but right now I think it's Jabari Smith. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's just so consi- – like, he's efficient from three, efficient at the line, efficient from the floor in general, 
can right. score in multiple ways. Great rebounder. I mean, you know, like what it's one of those things where it's like, what more? You can't really ask for much more from a player. Right. He doesn't really turn can. the ball over a lot. Yeah, does exactly. Doesn't really turn yeah. it over. I mean, he's really just he's really a joy to watch because he's really he not is. like I don't even know because like I hate to say he's not flashy because he's great, but he right. really he's not like a freak athlete by any means. No. He's just good. He can just he's play just, the game of basketball. Like, he's just like your six ten forward who scores 15 points a night, he'll give you 5-10 rebounds a night. And he's the reason you win games. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I love Walter Kessler. I do. He's probably another one of those really important, impactful guys. KD Johnson is great. Um, Wendell Green is great. And this this is a team built on transfers. Yeah. As well. Um. Yeah, Bruce Pearl was in the conversation to because Bruce Pearl just got that massive extension. He was in the conversation for that Louisville job, which, by the way, I think it should be Kenny Payne. Um, mm. But we haven't really talked about that. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. Um, just who should get that job if we have a quiet week at some point, which at this point in the year we probably won't. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I I think it should be Kenny Payne. I think he's the guy for the job. Anyway. Um, yeah, just Auburn. Their their only loss was their fourth game of the season. It was a double overtime loss on a neutral floor against UConn. Who well, UConn's a good team. The Big East ain't no slouch this year. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the Big East, not to interrupt you, but where has Providence come from? I was going to bring them up. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> Great minds think alike because, yeah. holy smokes, man, they have like just come out of nowhere and look like the best team in the big east yeah and they haven't had because i feel like this is a theme every time providence is good we get to january and they have some like inexplicable home loss (laughs) right yeah to like depaul (laughs) or something like that or like i don't know who else is in there (laughs) georgetown like they they have that loss at yeah, home. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell happened here? They haven't had that yet. Yeah. That's true. Or excuse me. Yeah, that they is don't true. They have that loss. That is that is very true. I will say, I mean, they did get blown out by Marquette. When was they that? Did. Uh that was that a few weeks ago. That was, or? A, that was a month ago. A yeah, month ago. oh damn, a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I was about to say, I do remember them getting smoked then at Marquette, but I mean, since then, they've Which got Marquette a clean bill of really health. good, too. Shaka Smart's doing a hell of a job there. Yeah, that is one. true. I, I mean, we both thought that that was a really good hire. I mean, we that, did. you can't go wrong with Shaka Smart. I mean, right. you know, maybe, you know, you say what you will about his time in Texas, but, I mean, he was so damn he good at the in Texas, honestly. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I really think, like, Marquette is such a better place for him because that's yeah. the expectations aren't high, but, like, he can just kind of do what he does win some games and not have the pressure of winning a conference like the big 12 or, you know, returning a school like Texas to, you know, basketball glory or getting them to basketball, you know, like he can just kind of win some games because I feel like that's what Marquette always does, you know? Yeah. Cause Marquette has, Marquette has always been a winning program. They're not going to, they're never going to win an 
national championship or anything. Yeah, but exactly. like, you don't have those sky high expectations that you might at a Texas. Right. No, that's you're, that's, you're that's expected totally to true. win games at Marquette. Yeah. Exactly. And but I mean, like, I feel like success. Yeah. I feel like but, success at Marquette is like a top four or five finish in the Big East. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that, 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 that is to me, like, that just screams like Marquette. Like, they're always right. good. You know, right. sometimes they're great and on occasion they're pretty bad. But for the most part, I would say 80% of the time they're just good, you know? Right. And, I think that really just that that is a perfect shock of smart program. I really, you know, I, I've obviously we've talked about the hire before, but you know, that is a really good hire, but right. yeah, back to Providence. I mean, they very well, I mean, they've got Georgetown on Sunday or Saturday. What's today? Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Yeah. So okay. on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Um, I mean, shoot, you could potentially be looking at, close probably a little bit outside i don't think they'd be top 10 yet because i don't know who really has lost but no, close to quite. a top 10 providence school <laughs> you know i mean it's you, you're kind of getting into that territory you still got two right. games against villanova so i think that's kind uh, of uh, be... and you have a game against xavier those villanova games are going to be telling because right now i was looking at it i was looking at kempom right before we started recording and providence is 48th in kempom which i thought was very low wow really? in the top 25 yeah that's crazy i mean to me i guess i don't know i mean to be fair they really haven't they beat texas tech in non-conference beat wisconsin in non-conference um well actually you know, I, I take it back they've, they've got some good wins i take they that back. They, they i mean that's the thing there's such a divide right now between the top half of the big east and the bottom half of the Big east right, right? Because you have those five teams that are ranked there in Providence, Villanova, UConn, Marquette, Xavier. You have Creighton, who's okay. And then the bottom five in those leagues, in the, bo- the bottom five in that league, I would say all five of those are bad teams. Seton mm-hmm. Hall has taken a major step back and recently have been borderline unwatchable. <laughs> Yeah. Butler is just not great. St. John's is three and six. And then you have DePaul and DePaul and Georgetown, who have a combined one beat win. Yeah. Was DePaul's league win against Georgetown? No, it was against Seton Hall. There you go. Oh, well, let's talk about borderline <laughs> unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. There you go. Oh, because they still have to, DePaul and Georgetown still have to play each other twice. Big games. Both of those big games. Oh my god! This is why we uh, watch. We sleep in May, man. Oh my god! We do. <laughs> he, okay, he says that like the national championship game isn't on like April fourth or something like that. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> you we, sleep, hey, we sleep in the second week of April. Just doesn't have the ring to it. All right? No, we don't. It doesn't. <laughs> oh my god. What, what dude, is, dude, do you what, think John? Do you think that? do you think he'll be? You think he'll be there in Atlantic City for a day? I, dude, no. I want to. I just want to shake that man's hand. Honestly, no. I would I'm love. Hope, I, would love I, to I think just, it's more likely he shows up in Buffalo. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Like the national dude, you know what makes me game, so sad? The national dude. championship game is on April fourth. Oh well, they, yeah. <laughs> hey man, we sleep during the second week of May. We're we stealing do. that. That's our thing now. Okay. Um. You know what makes me so sad? This is a bit of a random what? tangent, but 
Vern Lundquist, the last time the NCAA tournament was in Buffalo, Vern Lundquist was on the call. And that makes me really sad because if he was still calling, I mean, I, I want to meet Vern Lundquist. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Uncle yeah. Vern? How cool would that have been to meet Uncle Vern? Yeah, that'd be awesome. What the hell? I'm interested to see who the broadcasters are going to be. It just generally, like, who in the high media is going to be there. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. Because does Gus Johnson, does Gus John, he doesn't do, because he's on Fox now, isn't he? Does he still he do? He does Fox. March? Oh, damn. I don't think so. Damn. Yeah. Dude, that would have been another cool one. Damn. Um, eh, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I know. I was just thinking about that because I was like, I mean, you know, we're either going to be covering it or working the tournament most likely. Right. So, like, so, like, I was just thinking, like, I wonder who, wonder whose hand I could shake. <laughs> oh, you get. Oh, no, because they don't move in until uh, the first round. I'll say you get the Jim Nance, Bill Raftery. Woo. But... <laughs> <I guess. laughs> However, they. They know, or last year they didn't come in until the Sweet 16. So, mm. damn. Yeah. Kevin Harlan. I would do Kevin. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be a good one. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're, I mean, I'm going to be, we're going to be at, we're going to be there in some capacity. Yes, we will. Um, so, that'll be an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, one more thing I want to bring up. Uh, the ACC still stinks. Yeah, it's, um, it's bad, man. They're going to – Duke it's is a – Duke will be a two seed. Then otherwise, like, UNC gets in. Miami gets in. Miami just and lost to Notre Dame tonight. Miami lost to Notre Dame tonight? Yes, they did. Man, oh, Notre Dame ain't bad. That's yeah, not, that's fair. That's not a horrendous loss. That's true. I don't know why. I thought they were having a worse year in Notre Dame. I'm, I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, because we make fun of Pitt a lot on this podcast. <laughs> I saw someone, <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter, I'm like, being like, "Wow, this is a real disappointment for a Pitt team that was supposed to be a tournament team this year." What? <laughs> Who was saying Pitt was a tournament team this year? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? At the beginning of the year, who was saying that? I certainly wasn't. Yeah, I wrote some about I wrote some about them right before the season. I'm like, yeah, like if if everything if everything goes right, maybe they get to the NIT. (laughs) If everything goes right, everything would have to go right. If and everything goes right, if everything goes right, maybe they host an NIT game. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if they have a perfect season, maybe they host an NIT game. If not, they're a top seed in the CBI, you know? Like they're not even that. They lost to the <laughs> Citadel. <laughs> oh my god, man. But yeah, the ACC really sucks, man. Man, remember when we were like Dude, Wake Forest might be a tournament team. And then I know. They just kind of And Wake Forest isn't even that good. I know. Yeah, spoiler spoiler alert. Wake Forest, not that great. I know they like they they have a good record. They're one of those teams like they have a good record, but every time you watch them, they're just like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. I'm like, this like the one time I did catch them, I was like, I was thinking because I was like, I mean, they had a really good non-conference. And I was like, maybe they're 
And I'm just like, okay, you know what? This really, yeah, I don't really think this is a very good team. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, like they're they're, um, they're fine. Yeah. Also, I'm curious. What I haven't even really looked at the bubble. It's, who's okay? This was updated yesterday morning from our guy Joel Mountain Arnie. West. I watched Wyoming and Colorado State the other night. Dude, awesome that game, game that game looked electric. I saw the it highlights was. of that. It was. Hunter Maldonado, 35 points. David Roddy was great. Really fun game. Four bid Mountain West. Book it. <laughs> we didn't get it last year. We're getting it this year. No. Boise oh. State, Wyoming, Colorado State, and San Diego State. I love it. Well, to your point, I think uh, Joe Lenardi agrees with you. So his last four buys right now, Loyola Chicago, Seton Hall, UNC, San Francisco. His last four in, San Diego State, Florida, Creighton, and Wyoming. His last team San in. Francisco. I hope San Francisco gets in. I was calling that program like three years ago. I know. I was about to say, you have been – ever since we started this podcast, you've been on the San Francisco wave. I have. Like, so I, full credit I've only, to you. I've only probably only watched like two of their games this year because they're always on in the middle of the night, but <laughs> – I'm honestly, I'm curious who they did beat Academy of Art, though. Ooh, true, <laughs> very true. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm a hot. I'm actually, oh wait, sorry. I'll continue before I look at that. But first four out uh, West Virginia, Oregon, Mississippi State, Florida State. Next four out UAB, Notre Dame, SMU, and VCU. I'm surprised West Virginia is still solidly on. The tournament bubble. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I they're two and six. <laughs> yeah, I and they're only and one. those two wins were against an Oklahoma State team who's good, good not great, and a Kansas State team who's not that good. Yeah, not very good at all. So yeah. and it was, that was a three point win. Yeah, granted the Big Twelve is a bloodbath, but you can't go it two is. and six in conference and make like I just don't see the argument. I think it there, should be. I. I've advocated for this for a couple years now. I think a prerequisite to get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, you got to be above 500 in conference play. I I can agree with that, to be honest with you. I can get down with that. I, I think, think that's I think definitely that should be fair. a prerequisite. prerequisite. I, I would agree with that, to be honest if you with don't you. Go above, if you don't go above 500 in conference, they'll never do it. But I would say if you don't go above 500 in conference play, you don't win your conference tournament. Sorry, you're not going. Like you're not going. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't help but agree with you there. To be honest with you. But then the problem with that is, some of these leagues are so good. Like we said, like the Big Twelve this year, where you have an Iowa State team, right, who's mm-hmm. three and six, and they're ranked. Right. You, know? True. you have an Oklahoma team who is maybe probably good enough to make the tournament. They're also three and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll be one to watch for sure. I'm right. surprised they're there. The bubble, there's not much of a bubble this year. I think this is probably a year where a lot of mid major, a lot of those mid majors get in. Yeah, get around the bubble as in instead of uh, those high major teams. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, the, the ACC will probably only have three or four. The Big Twelve will have a whole bunch. The Big East will have – we'll say the Big East will have five, maybe six. Mm-hmm. Big Ten will be in the six to seven range. SEC will – one, two, three, four, five. 
we'll say SEC will have six, maybe seven. So, mm-hmm. and then the Pac, I think the Pac-12 is like solidly four. So that leaves a whole bunch of bids out there. That is true. And I mean, so, and then you look at that, you look at your West Coast conferences, you look at your Mountain West, you look at your potentially Ionas, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's that's where the door gets left open for you teams at, like you that. You look at a league like the Atlantic 10. Yeah, that them too. Where Davidson, Davidson probably, I'll, I'll say Davidson gets the auto bid there. But then you have a George Mason who's having a good year. You have a VCU who's solidly on the bubble. St. Louis is there. Bonaventure's there. Dayton's there. VCU is there. Yeah. You have you have teams that will be in the conversation. I mean, how many in the American will make it? We'll say American has two this year. We'll say Houston and SMU are in, but then it gets murky after that. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, like I said, Lenardi has SMU in his next four out right now. So right. You know, there's a, I mean, there's knows. a chance the American is a one big league. I doubt it will be in the end, but mm-hmm. yeah. And also, just uh, just because I was curious, I was looking the games he has projected in Buffalo right now. Uh, my Illinois Fighting Illini going up Ooh. against Florida or Wyoming, and then Providence, Vermont, and then he also has Marquette, Iona, and Tennessee. I'd love, to see, I'd love to see that Marquette team in person. Yeah, dude, hell yeah, against Iona too. That'd be really fun. Yeah. My thing is I want to see because recently I made a list in my phone of programs I have never or programs that I have seen in person in my life. And it's like 50 something. Mm-hmm. So my goal is just to add more. No, I've I've added, how many have I added this year? One, two, three, four, five. I've added seven this year. Wow. So it's Cleveland State, Coppin State, Virginia Tech, Xavier, Iowa State, Memphis, Youngstown State. Nice. Are the seven I've added this year. So I'd like to get more. So if I like that, because we're going to have eight in Buffalo. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll add four or five. We'd like to see it. Dude, hell yeah. It's yeah. awesome. This is, go. and one, one final thing before we kind of wrap up here. Uh, this is just mm-hmm. something I saw on Twitter and I was curious what your thoughts are on it. This, this doesn't really have to be that long of a conversation, but. Uh, a tweet I saw, I can't remember who the hell said it, but you might you might have seen it too, but just an idea of, for the tournament, get rid of the 16 versus 16 first four and just expand the bubble. You know what I mean? Like, I, give the smaller conferences, like, look at like, I don't know, like the SWAC or something like that. That's almost in the first four every year. Mm-hmm. Just give them an auto bid straight to the first round and just make the, like make all the 11 see like the 11, 12 games like that. Make those your first four matchups and give, you know, the SWAC teams an auto bid to the first round. You know what I mean? Well, first of all, I think I know what the first four is. We know what the first four is. It's a money grab. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. it's necessary yeah. to have it. In the no. first place. Yes, I, I I agree with you there as well. Because I can tell you, the 16 seats are going are gonna to be in. It's going to be whoever wins the SWAC. Whoever yeah. wins the NAC. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And then we'll it's find like, two it's, more. Right, exactly. It's seriously what it is every year. Because it's the SWAC, the NEC, the MIAC. and then, yeah, exactly. The MEAC and you Some find somebody, conference. another core team from a mid-major conference. Right. A team that didn't do well and then 
pulled it out of nowhere and won their conference tournament. Correct. Yeah. Canisius. <laughs> Yay! Now we're talking. Now we're we'll talking. go to date. Yo, imagine, <laughs> imagine Canisius wins a first four game, and we have, we have more NCAA tournament wins than Nebraska. Imagine. Yeah. Canisius already Canisius has a handful of NCAA tournament wins like back in the 50s. Oh right, true. How could I how could I forget our um I know our freaking what's the word I'm looking for? Our illustrious program history. Is it hey, two appearances in the Elite Eight. True. Don't sleep. Do not sleep. Six Do not let the N- riffs get hot. Six NCAA tournament wins in the history of the Golden Griffs. Do not let the grips get hot, man. We're a tournament team. I've been saying zero that. since 1958, but okay. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about is the fact that we have six NCAA tournament wins. Yes. Uh, I I can. Uh, I'll name you the six teams if you don't know any of them. I I could not tell you. So Williams. I don't even know what that is. Villanova. Go, Jay Wright. Where you at? Uh, NC State. Okay. Dartmouth. Okay. West Virginia and Bob Lafayette. Huggins, where are you at? That dude, that's crazy. That is Six crazy. Six NCAA tournament wins in the history of the Golden Griffs. Four Man. losses, though, to LaSalle, Temple, UNC, and Utah. Utah was 1996, the most recent time Canisius mm-hmm. was in the NCAA tournament. Where was that game? I'm, in, I'm interested. <laughs> Damn, um, going through all the history tonight. Yeah, that game was in Dallas. Damn, all they right. lost seventy-two to forty-three. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. It was. It was four years before I was born. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So we'll wrap it up for this week's edition. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. How are you what? forgetting the greatest segment in the history oh, of podcasts? Right. Oh you're my right, God, right. Aiden! Sacrilege! Here, here's but, what I'm gonna do. Uh, yeah, I have Ken Tom open. What I'm just gonna do is just scroll around. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same bit. thing here. I'm just scrolling up and down here. Let's see what we got. I hopefully I get a good mid major and not like Kentucky. Um, let's see. I have the wait. Did we already do Southern Illinois? I don't remember. I have my team. Okay, I'm gonna run it back just because I feel, I don't know why, but okay. my gut tells me for some reason we've done Southern Illinois, which is insane because that's the second time that would have happened. Um, uh, let's see who we got, who we got, who we got. Um, yo, Army, we respect the troops here. Troops, troops. troops. All right, so I'll I'll just go first because I got it open. Shout out okay. to Jalen Rucker, averaging 16 for the troops. Um, Army's second in the Patriot League right now, having a pretty decent year if i'm honest i just finished up um john feinstein's book and uh, the back roads to march i finished that um a couple days ago and a lot of talk about army hmm. in that interesting yeah how was that was that, was that good I mean, it was I really it was good. good i liked it it was nice. really good i'll look into it but uh but yeah i got uh seven and three in the patriot league this year 13 and nine overall um behind Colgate right now, but Colgate's only is five and two in conference. They've got to play a few games. So very decent chance they may end up 
first in the conference once Colgate catches up go. on their games. I mean, that's uh that's Army has never made the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that that is also true. That is yeah. also true. Funnily enough, I think the first ever Division One college basketball game I ever went to in my life, I think was UB versus Army. I'm pretty sure when I was like seven years old. There you go. Yeah. So shout out to shout out to the Army Black Knights. Hope y'all right. make the tournament. So I had a team we've talked about once before uh, on this podcast, UC Davis. Yo. Uh, they lost to Academy of Art Yo. Uh, at the beginning of the season, oh. 79 to 60, but they oh, have recovered. Man. Yo, let's go. They're seven and four since that. Loss. That's crazy. I mean, that's understandable. Academy of Art, they're, they're a powerhouse. Do not right. sleep on the – what the hell was their team name? I forgot. I don't remember. Hold on. Let me look it up just because I need to. Academy of Arts uh, basketball. Uh. Oh, the Urban Knights. That's what it was. The Urban, Urban Knights. Knights. Okay. All right. Sorry, okay. continue. Didn't mean to interrupt you. So there you go. This is a UC Davis team that has wins over Utah State and Oregon State. They beat Utah uh, they're State. They're three and three. They're they're fifth place in the Big West. Um, shout out to Ezra Mangin. Averages fifteen point one a game for their special one to Elijah Pepper, as well. All time name. He also averages fourteen point nine a game for them. Um, so there you go. They, they've recovered since the loss to Academy. Of that's, they, that's, actually won, they actually won four in a row after that. That's loss. A, See, that's very important. Like, that's yes. the stuff that, like, you won't get that on any other podcast. We, no. fun, we make fun of them, roast the hell out of them for losing the Urban Knights, and then we give them some love. We show that they have go. recovered after that. I mean, like I said, Academy Arts is a powerhouse. But either way, yeah, we show yes. that they have recovered. I mean, UC Davis. Oh, my God. The Aggies. Dude, that's crazy. They better make the tournament just so like I get to see more about the Academy of Arts. Yeah, they'll have they'll have a tough time because the the top of that Big West is tough. Hawaii seven and zero, CSU Fullerton is six and one, Long Beach State is six and one. So, all right, yeah, okay. See, my dreams are now shattered, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Yeah, maybe oh, they'll make it God. in. Maybe yeah, we'll true. see them in Dayton. We'll see. Yo, let's go. All right, so that will be it for this week's edition of the Talking Smack Podcast. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Good night.